0: The end and it is called off here. job down inside With the silent count he bails out of the pocket there and oh Josh Hallers
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest where we give you a consumable Dynasty Perspective. I'm your host Wyatt. You can find me at Wyatt B underscore FF. I'm with my co-host Skylar as always. You can find him at BFF Buffalo. And today we're welcoming a very special guest. The man, the myth, the legend, Dynasty Dushanes You can find him at Duchesne's underscore. Duchesne, how you doing?
0: Friggin' fired up to be here. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. <laughs> Happy to bad. have you.
1: So, every show, we like to start things off with a little fancy football would-you-rather on the spot for you. So, here's the deal. Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. One of them, their career is over. The other person, they go on to have great success. And we're not we're not throwing any age things that normally happen. Like, this isn't Austin Eckler's going to fall off after, you know, 27, so you can pick Herbert for that reason. Like, this is... You know, uh, Austin Eckler is going to be great till he's thirty. If you have to go one way or the other way, which, which way are you going?
0: I'm going Herbert. Sorry, yeah. I know I'm a big Eckler guy, but I mean Herbert's the QB. <laughs> Herbert's the Herbert's my guy. I'm an Oregon Duck fan. Like I love to see it. Herbert was like the 101 in that class until, you know, just and uh, Joe Burrow came on. But yeah, the ascension yeah. of other people. Exactly. I mean, Herbert's Herbert's a freaking stud. He's my QB too.
1: I, that's why I had to bring it up. And, and you, you've been riding that Eckler train, so I, just, I, had to, I had to ask.
0: We'll come back to that riding the Eckler train. <laughs> okay.
1: So I'm actually just going to go right back to you for our first player. So you're going to be talking about Gus Edwards, so tell me about it.
0: Well, so Gus Edwards is. I wanted to pick somebody that isn't being hyped up and talked about a lot. And now we were saying I was riding the Eckler train. I was like the conductor of it, you know, early on in the off season. It seems like he's gained steam. So I didn't want to bore people with somebody that they hear a lot about. So I'm here to tell you about beep beep the bus gus, motherfuckers. All right. So get on the bus. Um, I'm not here to tell you, tell you that he's going to be an RB1 or even an RB2. But I'm going to tell you that he's going at sleeper ADP like uh, running back 56. DLF, it's running back 52. I'm here to sell you on a guy that's going to be an RB3 flex that you can put into your uh, lineups uh, all year long. I mean, down the stretch last year, he gave you uh, multiple 10-point games to finish out the year in the playoffs. But this guy is somebody that he's gone over 700 yards all three years. Um, And what's changed is the first year was Joe Flacco with Mark Ingram. Then he had Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and then J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. The offense went from 2,400 yards to over 3,000 the last two years, but it hasn't changed Gus's role as being that steady guy that they can rely on, and he's gone over 700 yards. The RB1 role might have changed in that offense, but his role hasn't. He had some good uh, touchdown numbers last year. He went for six. I don't think that's unreasonable for him to attain something like that this year. So I'm just saying he's a guy that... Like a J.D. McKissich, somebody that winning teams likely had as a li- as their last flex or something, and he's right. somebody that zero RB strats you can kind of target as as an RB three mold. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm I'm think I'm closer to to you on Gus, but I know that Skylar's closer to that ADP. So Skylar, why don't you tell me why you're you know back further than than uh, Duchesne's here?
2: See, I think the biggest thing for me that keeps me off Gus Edwards is he's just not exciting. Like, you're taking him, you said, um, he's maybe, he's going to be an RB3. Like, you know, somewhere around RB30 to RB40. I I don't see that excitement. I don't know if his role necessarily changes if there's an injury to another player. I think he just is what he is. He's solid. You might flex him some weeks, but I would argue that he's potentially just a roster clog. And potentially in those spots where you could be rostering Gus Edwards and taking him in your drafts, you could probably instead look towards more upside plays, Or even honestly, I'd rather have a couple stabs at draft picks if somebody else is a little more excited on Gus Edwards than I am. Um, What say you about that?
0: Well, um, it's all about the ADP. So where he's going, those guys with the higher upside are already being drafted. I mean, like I like Terry Cohen, but I believe he's going above him. You've got people like... um, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't bring up the ADP. My bad. But the whole I, thing is sure. that he gives you a nice floor, and it's about where you get these guys. I mean, the big thing is, I mean, a lot of winning teams last year they had j James Robinson because they got him off the waiver wire. But this is, I, it's a guy that you can get late in drafts that will give you a nice floor and a uh, and and flex uh, options. And I understand the shooting for the upside, but I think that once once you're looking there, it's it, I, I like a nice floor there and like the. 13th round <laughs> sure i mean a couple
2: names you see players going around them you've got like jamal williams tony pollard alexander madison um daryl henderson jv hawkins these types of players would you take us edwards over any of them
0: uh jamal williams is the only one that was close to me uh what was the second one
2: uh it was either pollard or madison might have brought up pollard. Javion so, Hawkins.
0: Uh, and Pollard's a big guy because he could have the, the role of Zeke goes down. Zeke hasn't gone down. I know he's an aging running back, but some running backs are actually good after their first contract. You know, and Go <laughs> to Figure might be one of those. So uh, yeah, I'm taking Gus Edwards over all those guys. I have Gus Edwards as my RB 30. He's in a tier of of RB threes guys that I like as an RB three. It's a big tier, so he could easily you know fall down to 37, 38. If, if you have him at a- RB
2: 30, are you taking him over or? Like a Zach Moss or a Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah. uh Rojo's right above him. I'm, I'm over Zach Moss. Yeah. He's the RB. He, Zach Moss is the RB two, RB three on a on a worse off, <laughs> right. offense Maybe than three, than yeah. Baltimore. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I. You know. I think Skylar did hit on the 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 actual knock for him in that like he doesn't have the ceiling that other players could have mm-hmm. in that area, but he also probably has the highest floor of those yeah. players in that area. On a week-to-week yeah. basis, so I, where where everyone's coming from there, uh, I'm going to move on into my player, which is Miles Sanders, and I'm not feeling so good about Miles Sanders right now. Um, I know that when he was playing with Jalen Hurts, he was playing pretty darn well, but everything that's happened since then has made me worry about it. With the new coaching staff coming in from you know Nick Sirianni from uh, Indy, who's you know had a two to three RB system going while he was in Indy coming over here and then they draft Kenny Gainwell they re signed Boston Scott they re Jordan Howard they signed Kerryon Johnson which I know like none of these guys are that good but like they keep throwing so many bodies in that room it makes me worried about how they feel about Miles Sanders and how they feel about using Miles Sanders it, and a lot of these running backs that they're adding are guys who are good in the in the receiving games. You know, G- Gainwell was, like, easily the best receiving back in the draft, and they drafted him. Bust Scott's n- no slouch. on Johnson's great in pass protection and is good receiver out of the backfield. So it really makes me worried about his role. And basically the tier players he's in if you can get someone in that tier plus something because someone still is really hyped on miles sanders i'd make that deal in a second if i was a sanders owner
2: now i've noticed when i'm in drafts when i'm sitting around those spots where i'm looking at miles sanders as kind of a mid to back and rb2 i've ended up passing on him every single time even if i needed a running back quote needed in my roster at that point in the startup i've just had no confidence in taking miles sanders i've read. You know, I've taken guys, your Amari your Cooper, like that whole mid-range Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, that range of wide receivers in your startup, I've tended to prefer to look at them over Miles Sanders every single time. How have you felt in startups, Dushens, when you see Sanders is there for you?
0: Sanders is like right at the precipice of the RB dead zone, I feel. It's like him and Mixon, and then you got start looking at Josh Jacobs, and then you're onto the clear tier of Hunt and Montgomery after that. Uh, I thought I was actually kind of higher on Slime. That's what Toronto Dave calls him. So shout out to him. I love that name, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I like Slime, but uh, I'm looking at his ADP and Sleeper has him at 17 and DLF has him at RB11. That that does not ooh, seem ooh, right to me. No, That's no, way no. too high. I thought I was high on Sanders. I have him at 19, but he's in the tier of, I feel comfortable if he's my RB2 and I'm scared to shit if he's my RB1. So yeah, um, I, mean, I haven't I mean, actually gotten Sanders anymore.
1: I have met RB twenty personally. I, yeah. you know, and I I could see myself even go going back even further. And I think Skylar hit on the point that really does it for me is that where he's going in startups is where the wide receiver value is so high that I'll never end up with a running back in that in that in that tier in that section of players. Yeah. Now, why don't we move over onto you, Skylar? You're going to be talking about Antonio Gibson and how much you love him.
2: Yeah. So when it comes to these the second year. Running backs, he's sophomore running backs. I just am struggling to find something not to like about Antonio Gibson. First off, he led the way over Swift, Clyde edwards J.K. Dobbins, and Acres in points per game last year on the season. And you, what excites me most is that little five-game sample size we saw. I know it's not the biggest, but right when he broke out in Dallas on Thanksgiving, going into the bye week, and then he came out rolling right, right into the the toe turf injury. But over those 5 weeks, right. he got almost 100 fantasy points. It would have been the RB4 at those numbers and he was he was getting just under 20 fantasy points per game half PPR over that stretch. It's just ridiculous. You see his skill set. He's a patient runner with breakaway speed. Those are two things I love out of my back. He's got 98th percentile 40 yard dash 99th percentile speed score. He's a dual threat. You know, he caught 36 passes on 44 targets last year. And everyone who keeps telling me that they want to see him get more catches or they don't know if he's going to get those those receptions or those targets, you know, let me read you a list of backs who had less in their rookie year. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, um, Aaron Jones, DeMarco Murray, Devonta Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Charles, Ray Rice, and Melvin Gordon. And all of those guys went on to be very quality, you know, uh, backs when it comes to the receiving game, so he's got size, speed. He's got the you know the workhorse frame. He's durable. 6'2", 220. two two twenty. I'm just really struggling to find things to, to not like about him, and and the coaching staff won't shut up about him. It's been since they drafted him, you know. So I I'm not going to sit here and say he's McCaffrey, but you don't have to be to be an elite back.
0: I think the biggest wrench for Antonio Gibson is um is. Could be Curtis Samuel. Same thing with F one. I think he brought in. He could do a lot of the same things. And I I tend to put a lot of weight on free agency because they go out and sign that man to bring that man in. So I like AG. I just I I worry that maybe Samuel takes away from a lot of what AG does.
2: I was thinking that, but you look back a couple years ago, and there was that season where Samuel had over a hundred targets, and DJ Moore got his. And then they still use their system with Christian McCaffrey. So I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned. Yeah. I I think Curtis Samuel is going to be used somewhere in between the
1: last two coaching staffs that have used him because they both did something right with him. Although, you know, when he was with Ron Rivera before, they didn't have a quarterback who could actually get him the ball downfield, but he proved he can do it. Uh, and then last year he showed, you know, his full, full range of abilities but I think Curtis Samuel signing really affects J.D. McKissick more than it does Antonio Gibson because I think it's fair to say that J.D. McKissick is the least talented of those three.
0: So if wow. I go- J.D. McKissick is dead, he's buried, he's rotted, he's already gone. He's <laughs> yeah. You know, you
2: know who he reminds me of. He reminds me a little bit of that Jalen Rashard season where he got the eighty-one targets because he yeah. averaged about forty he's on his easy. career, and McKissick's averaged the two healthy seasons about forty-five on the career. So. He spiked way up. When people talk about regression, they should be talking about the J.D. McKissick. That's who they should be talking there. about.
1: Yes, this literally couldn't move, so yeah. he had to be able to check down
2: immediately if, so, if things weren't working. I, I don't think McKissick will be getting a hundred targets again. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah, and th- and that's why I don't have an. I I don't see the Curtis Samuel signing being an issue
2: for. Yeah. How, a, how do you? How do it, either it, you guys can jump in on this? How do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in? How how do you think he no, is necessarily going to work with that? You mean? To, and you're asking about with Andrew Gibson? Sure, for Gibson, I know we love it for Terry, but how do we feel for Gibson?
1: I, I don't have any issue with it. I, I don't have the exact number in front of me right now, but I, I believe he was uh, targeting uh, Miles Gaskin an average of five targets a game when he yeah. was starting. G- yeah, Gaskin
2: would. had over he had over forty catches last year, so, yeah, so I have no issues. I love it for Diami Brown. Yeah, sure. I mean he does he does so
1: much for that offense in general. Absolutely. Really, maybe the only guy who might get hurt is Logan Thomas. Yeah. To me. Now, yeah, but-
2: I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up and bring all three of these into one sure. conversation. And I'm going to direct this towards Duchesne's because I know you're big on a dra- on attaching draft capital to these players. So let's say in a hypothetical world, um, in each scenario, they're the only one of them you can take. So not like push it back three spots because all three are part of this. But if this if these three running backs were all part of this exact rookie class... And you could draft them in your rookie drafts. Where are you taking Antonio Gibson in, in these super flex drafts? Where are you taking Gus Edwards? Where are you taking Miles Sanders? Where do they fall? Who are they going in front of? Who are they going behind of? Who do you got?
0: If if they're injected right into this, this Right series. in. Right in there. Uh, all right. So Antonio Gibson will be after he'll be after um uh he'll be right there with Najee Harris, so one oh five ish. Probably, yeah. Because I'm going chase. I'm going the quarterbacks. So right around 105 ish, 106. Uh, Sanders. We're looking right with Javante. So 109, 110 ish. Right around there for um, Sanders. And then Gus Edwards. I'm taking him before Gainwell. I'm taking him. So I'm taking him after Sermon. So that's around
2: 208, 209.
0: Yeah, 209 ish, 210.
2: You have any problems with that, Wyatt? He's taken him I
1: would have Antonio Gibson before Najee. like it wouldn't be a either or there I would just have him straight up above but otherwise I think it was pretty good
2: yeah to the point of chase you threw chase there you like chase over Antonio Gibson you're in a start oh, yeah. straight chase up chase
0: is my 102, baby he's been stay it. he still is 102 there you go and I have no
1: issues with people preferring the wide receivers over running backs that are like in similar rankings because wide receivers just you know have the the better shelf life I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the dynasty digest by JWB. You can find all of our content at JWBFantasyFootball.com. fantasy thank you for joining us. Really enjoyed
2: having you here. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for you, having you me. You got any, uh, anything going on Um
0: uh, just terrestrial takes. You find that on your podcast list. Um, yeah, You're I'm not really good, good at plugging guys. it. No worries. <laughs> um, we got a new one coming out this week. We didn't have one last week, but two weeks ago we did a cool one where we had a, a psychologist on, and we talked sort of about some of our psychology and some other stuff, so that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Duchenne's underscore. You got a link to everything I do, rankings, articles, podcasts, the work. Love I'll it. I will
1: say that the psychologist episode was really good. I really enjoyed it, so I would suggest absolutely you
2: listen to it. Thank you. All right, well, we appreciate you coming on, Alex. Have a good one. See you later.